Once you live in the 716, Buffalo sports is ingrained in your soul. No matter where you are, we always remember the roots that helped us grow. Don't let where you live or the people around you stop you from showing your Buffalo pride. Join us Buffalonians as we talk all things sports in the 716 on the Buffalo Loyal Podcast. Circles the way, like the Buffalo Bills. I'm your host, Nick English, alongside my co-host, Andrew Ogwich. No matter where we are, no matter the heartbreak, we will always remain Buffalo loyal. This is the Buffalo Loyal Podcast. We appreciate everyone for tuning in each and every week, as always. Coming to you live on a Tuesday evening following the Bills' de- demolition of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, 38 to 3. Andrew was there. As you, any active listener knows, Andrew currently lives in Pittsburgh. So this was extremely special for him. Um, just an utterly dominating performance by the Bills. Josh Allen and the rest of the starters pretty much didn't have to play the entire fourth quarter. Game, you know, it was a little back and forth at the beginning of the first quarter. Some uh, Bills shooting themselves in the own foot, not converting drives. But um, the Gabe Davis second touchdown, ripping it away from Minka Fitzpatrick was kind of all that uh, needed to happen for that game to get out of reach. And Kenny Pickett looked a little overwhelmed. Um, so, Andrew, as the person that was there and being someone that lives in Pittsburgh, uh Take us through this game and how special it was to be there. Yeah, so it's always a great time when uh, I get to be in Orchard Park to watch the Bills do their thing. Um, But uh, when uh, the Steelers come to town, it means a little bit more to me, uh, right? All my friends are Steelers fans, of course, and right, all my coworkers are. So um, it's always nice when I get to wake up for work the next morning and, and not have to worry about, Oh, what happened? But, you know, whatever. I, uh, I get to give it back. So um, it's always very validating, right. When the bills or uh, any Buffalo sports teams beat Pittsburgh's uh, sports teams. But uh, no, I mean, it was another incredible weekend in Buffalo, incredible showing by the Buffalo bills. Um, like you said, just absolute domination. Um they controlled that game pretty much from the get go, right? Stumbled a bit out of the blocks, but I mean, Josh just put on a show, right? He did what he does best. Gabe Dave looks like his ankle is a okay, right? We don't have to worry about him anymore. Uh, hopefully, knock on wood. I mean, Diggs was getting involved, Khalil Shakir was getting involved. Uh, James Cook was getting involved. We didn't see very much of Zach Moss, which was great to see as well. Uh, Devin Singletary looked good. The line held up. I mean, this this offense is just out of control right now. Um, there, I don't think there's really anyone in this league that can stop them or slow them down besides themselves. Um, so yeah, it's uh. It was fun to watch it happen. And the defense, um, you know, started pretty slow. Um, I know we'll get a little bit more in depth on it, but um, I mean, obviously you only hold a team to three points. How can you be upset? But right. There were some parts within there where uh, 
things need to be cleaned up, but um, guys stepped up. Um, I think I was most impressed with Tyrell Dodson. I, I texted you this during the game. I mean, the dude just had himself a day, just making incredible plays, incredible tackles. Just Led the beating. team in tackles. Yeah, he was all over the field. Um, so I was super impressed by his uh, the way he played on Sunday. Incredible job there. Um, Kyrie Elam did not have a great outing. Um, he picked it up a little bit towards the end of the game, right? I'll give him credit there. But they targeted him 13 times, gave up 10 passes for like 120 yards or something like that. So not ideal uh, out of the rookie. But he held his own. He stayed in there, right? They just picked on him play after play and to his credit, right. He, uh, he stuck with it, got to the end of the game and, and uh, right. Survived. No touchdowns were given up, but all in all, I mean, just incredible job by the bills, right. Um, Sam Martin again, didn't really get much action until the end of the game when it was just kind of garbage time, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's fun when uh, garbage time can start halfway through the third quarter of these games so uh it's uh definitely uh definitely fun to watch this team just pick opponents apart um so yeah hell of a hell of a game to be at yeah and i think when you look at last year's team and you know when we recorded last week we didn't know the injuries as far as tremaine edmonds dawson knox jordan poyer a lot of key contributors out on both sides of the ball. And then you see Minka Fitzpatrick is going to play. And immediately, you know, you start thinking, is this going to be a trap game? You think about last year of how they opened up against the Steelers and then the midseason going down to Jacksonville. And I was there. They lost nine to six in one of the worst games I've ever watched in person in my life. And those thoughts definitely start to creep in the back of your head. And when the game starts the way it did, you know, you don't have Isaiah McKenzie either. He's your number one kick returner. And then Tavon Austin, who you think, oh, maybe he's going to come up and be that guy. He complains that he's not getting enough of a chance and he's no longer on the practice squad. So you have Taiwan Jones, who is a captain on this team and is considered one of the fundamental players on special teams. He goes out there, muffs the opening kickoff, and you're starting at your own two-yard line. First two plays, nothing really happens. And you're thinking, oh boy, like, is this going to go bad? And then Josh uncorks one 98 yards to Gabe Davis. Just the every time I watch that video and the different angles you see now, how he wasn't even, his feet weren't even set. You know, we had talked about this could be an opportune time to rest Gabe Davis because his ankle clearly was bothering him the last few weeks, but he practiced in full all week and clearly he's. He's clearly okay now, but it's the prime example of a team now learning from last year, not wasting time with an inferior opponent, just going out, beating the bricks off them, getting your starters out in the third quarter and handling your business um, in every single which way. So uh, kudos to McDermott, Frazier, Dorsey, all those guys for having them ready to go. Um, I thought, you know, like you said, Dotson stepped up and played incredible. Matt Milano just continues to impress me right now. I think he has a legitimate case at being an all pro. I mean, he's just been that good for this team so far this year, especially with Edmonds out. He still just reads plays so well. I mean, 
the one screen pass they threw at Najee where he just was sitting there watching Pickett and then just made a straight beeline for the ball and completely broke through two guys and broke up a pass. Like there's not many linebackers in the NFL that can make a play like that. And he just moves um, sideline to sideline so well. Um, You know, it was good to see young guys stepping up to the moment. Khalil Shakir, unreal game. I mean, the pass that he caught in triple coverage, just the confidence Josh is instilling in him. You know, that's something we talked about giving these other guys chances and getting their confidence up. Shakir made a great play. I know he had the one drop, but it didn't let him, you know, it didn't phase him. He comes back with a touchdown. You know, he took over the punt returning duties and did a good job. I mean, the one that got down at the two yard line um, wasn't even his fault. Taiwan Jones barely touched the guy that he was supposed to block on the sideline and put Shakir in a really tough spot to even try to fair catch it. And then go ahead. the that pass into triple coverage by Josh, right? The, the fact that Josh is willing to throw that to him, a rookie in his, you know, fifth game, the fifth game of the season, first game where he's really getting substantial time. I mean, that just says, you know, mountains about what Josh sees in him and the confidence that this team has in Khalil Shakir and their willingness to put him in those situations. Right. And of course he makes an incredible grab, but I mean, yeah, triple coverage and Josh just tosses it up to him and just says, yeah, they'll figure it out. And he did. And, and that's, that's incredible, right? Like that incredible catch, great, you know, job, everything. But the fact that Josh was willing to put it there for him, um, I think is even more incredible. Well, especially when these guys, you're going to need them later on throughout the season, especially against teams like KC next week. Yeah, maybe Pittsburgh was a little banged up and they're not, you know, the greatest defense without TJ Watt in the lineup. But, you know, at the end of the day, it's still another NFL team you're going up against. And any rep is a good rep for especially these young guys. It was finally good to see James Cook, you know, get some carries and he obviously demonstrated why he has something different compared to the other running backs in that backfield, just hitting the hole, seeing it and just taking it to the house. No hesitation whatsoever. Kind of a good, you know, you could tell jumping in the stands, getting the feeling of, okay, kind of the monkey off my back. Now I can start getting going in these, this offense, the next few weeks. I mean, Zach Moss has one carry for seven yards, had the whole field and just slips and falls. And I think, James Cook did a good op- or good job of taking the opportunity when it presented. Singletary didn't get a ton of carries, but averaged seven yards a pop when he was running it throughout the game. Josh obviously had some good carries as well. So hopefully, like you said, we're going to see more of Singletary and Cook going forward than um, Moss. I thought Quentin Morris had a solid game. I know he had the fumble, but he made a couple really good contested catches and I think pretty much solidified himself as the number two as far as, you know, when Knox is healthy, there's no need for Tommy Sweeney to be active at all. And then Isaiah Hodgins had a couple big catches on third downs that were key, you know, just to keep drives going. Yes, the game was probably out of hand at that point, but still good confidence booster for him. You know, first NFL catch, a guy that's going to be ready for you, you know, down the line if another injury pops up. Um, I thought he played extremely well. Um, too. And I did think the Bills did miss a little bit of an opportunity late in the game when they had Case Keenum throw the ball five times. I thought that was a really good chance to give James Cook a few more carries just to continue to build that confidence. But, you know, it's hard, to, like you said before, it's hard to complain when you win 38 to three, um, 
you know, a few things the offense needs to clean up. I mean, Taron Johnson, you know, gets the muff uh, ponder the kickoff and we take over in their territory. And then the offense just goes backwards, baskets his field goal blocked, um, just inopportune there. And then Diggs completely wipes the floor with former teammate Levi Wallace. Wide open touchdown. Josh just flat out misses the throw. And then, you know, he has Gabe Davis on probably a back pylon uh, corner of the end zone touchdown play possibly. And he kind of throws like front shoulder front of the end zone and Levi Wallace picks it off. Just, you know, a couple balls, Josh definitely probably wishes he had back and the offense is taking a couple And I believe on the one where um, they did take over Singletary actually had a nice like 15, 20 yard run that got called back for holding. And then they backed themselves up even more. So um, offensively, really not too much. It's more of just the same old, we got to avoid, you know, beating ourselves because when it gets into close games against the Kansas cities, the Miamis of the world and the AFC, those kind of mistakes against those teams are going to cost you a lot more than it might um, against Pittsburgh. And then defensively. Yeah. For some reason, this team defensively gets off to slow starts. Doesn't really matter who it's against. I mean, they always do the bend don't break and it's usually never resulting in a touchdown, but it seems like the first few drives almost of every game, no team has like a super hard time driving it down the field. And then once we get to the red zone, we kind of lock it in. Um, so I think that's something we definitely need to change, especially in this upcoming game. And I still want to see the pass rush be a little more um, dominating. It was nice to get Ed Oliver back out there. Um, Jordan Phillips was a little bit scary, but he did end up going back in the game. So hopefully that's a good sign. Um, Von Miller gets another sack. Sometimes when he's on the field, it's just like the moves he makes to get to the quarterback is something I haven't seen in my life. I mean, it was great when we had Mario Williams, but Von Miller sometimes is just a different animal and, you know, just great. I mean, Najee Harris had 20 yards on 11 carries. Like the run defense issues have clearly been um, somewhat solved. I think Tim Settle, Daquan Jones have been a huge part in that. I think they both continue to play extremely well. And Dotson stepped up in a huge opportunity with Edmonds out um, to, you know, make a lot of plays. And then touching on the Kyrie Elam point, completely agree. Rough day for him. But I almost, I, I'm actually kind of glad it happened because I think the first few weeks he wasn't getting tested a lot. Um, I think it was a good opportunity for him to get a lot more reps because there are going to be teams that are going to go at him because he's a rookie and they want to see what he can do. And, you know, he stayed mentally tough, even though, you know, some of those catches, he played extremely good coverage and Pickens just made a couple awesome catches. Johnson had one really good catch on him. Like he was doing his job on a lot of the routes and, you know, the receivers are just making plays. You have to be mentally tough at that position. And I would like him to get, you know, as many reps getting thrown at as possible because we're going to need him later in the season. So I think it's a good opportunity. He talked about it in the post game. It was nice of him to get that interception, obviously, but, you know, he said it definitely wasn't his best day, but something he's going to learn from. And I think that it's going to be um, a good thing and beneficial for him going forward to now kind of get that first welcome to the NFL you know, you're going to go up against a lot of really, really good receivers. Um, and you're going to have days like this, but it's how you, you know, kind of rebound. So um, all in all, just great game, taking care of business. Um, and now we go on to week six 
four and one first four and one the game everyone's been waiting for since 13 seconds last year um and it's a huge opportunity for this team to kind of walk into arrowhead and um take care of some unfinished business yeah and this is um like you said this is the biggest game right of the year up to this point um maybe of the whole season right this will determine at least um for the near future right who's number one in the afc um right it could be a huge game and uh tiebreakers down the line but i think this is a huge game for the buffalo bills because this will prove exactly who they are and what they have right um They've looked pretty dominant throughout this first quarter of the season, little over a quarter of the season, right? They've only given up seven points in the second half on defense. Their point differential, they're first in the NFL with point differential at plus 91. That's double the uh, second place um, as the Eagles with plus 47, right? The New England has a plus five, and that's the next closest within your AFC East. So this this team is operating at a pretty uh, pretty high standard, pretty high um, ability. And right, like there's uh, there's been this going around Twitter today. I don't know if you've seen it, but they've done it without Gabe Davis for two games, Dawson Knox for two games, Mitch Morse for two games, Micah Hyde for three games. Jordan Poyer for two games, Ed Oliver for four games, Jordan Phillips for three games, Trey White for five games, Christian Benford for two games, Dane Jackson for two games, Tremaine Edmonds for one game. So that's on average six starters per game that the Bills have had out. They lead the league in plus 91 point differential. They're the number one scoring offense, the number two scoring defense, and like I said, the number one point differential. That's incredible, right? Like, I think it's time that uh, that I stopped doubting them, right? Like, hand up. I was wrong last week. I thought it was going to be a close game. I was worried about it, right? I, I thought it was going to be a trap game. Um, I guess that's just drought. Right. It's my inner child who suffered through the drought coming out. Right. Like I can't I can't believe that this is real and that this is happening, that the team is this good. But they are this good with all of these injuries they've sustained, all the ups and downs through this first quarter uh, of the season. Right. The Miami game. Right. It took an act of God for Miami to pull that one out. And there's no stopping this team. Right. As long as you have Josh Allen. Uh, as long as you have Stefan Diggs, as long as you have Von Miller, this team is going to figure it out. Um, and it comes down to this Kansas City game to really kind of cap off this first part of the season of where are we, right? Are we actually still Super Bowl favorites? Is this actually going to happen this year? Are there going to be setbacks in the second half of the season? Um, and I got to be honest, I watching the way Kansas City played on Monday Night Football I think it's going to be another route, right? Like think back to last year on, was it the Monday night or Thursday night? It was a primetime game. We played them during the regular season. Um, Bills came out and just didn't demolish them, but they were, they won pretty handedly, right? I think you're going to get another showing of that. I think the Bills are going to come in, right? With everything that happened in 13 seconds, but I don't even know if it's 13 seconds that they're going to be playing for or motivated by. 
I think they're going to be motivated by we are four and one should be five and oh, but we're four and one. We have been through it this first part of the season. We have the MVP favorite. We have players playing at an all pro level. We have guys fighting for contracts. We have guys trying to prove something to themselves, to the league, to whoever wants to listen. Let's go out here and win, right? Like this is our turn. No more comparisons of Josh Allen to Patrick Mahomes. No more comparisons or storylines of, ah, the Bills are good, but can they beat Kansas City? Can they get through Kansas City? Like this is their time to just take ownership of this entire AFC of the league and make a statement. It's not a primetime game, but it's a 425 game. It's a national game at that time slot. It's a big stage. And I think the bills are just going to come out and just absolutely put on a show. Um, I'm super confident in what this, how this team matches up against Kansas city. Um, I think Josh is going to have an absolute field day with this Kansas city defense. I think Patrick Mahomes is going to be on his back a lot. So I just, I feel very confident in who this team is, what they've been able to put together. And I think they go into this bye week five and one feeling really good about themselves as they should. And right. They're going to get to come back against green Bay in two weeks with hopefully Trey white being back. Guys get that bye week to rest up and um, sit on ice a little bit longer than maybe they normally would on a, on a game week. So I think everything is shaping up the way it needs to for the Buffalo Bills. And this does not happen often. So um, I feel super confident about this game. I, I think the players are going to be more motivated than usual. Um, and right. Everyone's saying, Oh, it's a revenge game from 13 seconds. No, I, I don't think it's going to be a 13 seconds revenge game. I think this is a, Hey, we're still here. We're still dominant. Like everyone take note. Yeah. And I think, this is a big game for Von Miller because yeah. he he Brennan Bean said in his last year closing press conference we need we didn't put Patrick Mahomes on his back enough. Well, we just went out and got one of the best premier pass rushers in NFL history in Von Miller. This is a big game for him. You know he hasn't gone through the last few years with the Bills of losing to this team, and it's a big opportunity for him to show out. You know Josh is going to come and want to make a statement. I think Stefan Diggs is due to have a monster game against this Kansas City defense because he hasn't really had one um, in their few meetings. You know, we had the one deep ball last year um, against them, but other than that, he hasn't been, you know, too involved. But I think this is a big opportunity for him. And I think it's just a big game from the standpoint of the Bills can really put themselves in the driver's seat to get the one seed if they win this game because. The Bills schedule is a lot easier down the stretch than it is compared to Kansas City. And I think this is an opportunity for the Bills to, you know, go in, make a statement, and not only just make a statement for this week, but say, hey, this time we're not going through Arrowhead to go to the Super Bowl. You're coming through Orchard Park and having to play through us to go to the Super Bowl. And that's something the Bills haven't had the chance to do yet. We've gone to Arrowhead twice. And we've come up short both times. So I think it's a huge opportunity for this team. Um, you know, 
I I am confident the Bills are going to win this game. Um, Patrick Mahomes is still right there with Josh as far as just he makes incredible plays every single game. He's I don't think they're going to go quietly in this game. Um, I think Tremaine Edmonds being back hopefully is going to be huge because Travis Kelsey is clearly the best tight end in the NFL. Apparently no one can stop him. And the Bills have had some trouble stopping him in the past, but I think if Milano and Edmonds are both playing Frazier and them have seen it enough now, you don't have to worry about Tyree Kill anymore. They're going to be able to scheme something up and work something out. Greg Russo, Miller, Ed Oliver, you know, get those guys going. We haven't seen the injury report yet for this week. It still doesn't look like Trey's going to be ready. They're kind of taking it pretty precautiously. I'm sure he wants to be out there for this game really badly, but um, I think they're more focused on, hey, let's get you another week of rest, get you back for the Green Bay game. You know, I think, you know, McDermott kind of alluded to, you know, we had a few guys that could have went against Pittsburgh, but we held them out for precaution. Um, I think Jordan Poyer, Dawson Knox are going to hopefully be back this week for sure. Edmonds, I really don't know just because he did not practice at all last week. And then they kind of held him out last minute. So weird situation. Bills are always very cautious when it comes to hamstring injuries. So we'll have to kind of wait and see on him. But offensively, you should hopefully get Isaiah McKenzie back too. Um, so that'll help definitely in the return game because this is a game where you have to be clicking on all cylinders, especially special teams. You can't be giving Patrick Mahomes the ball an extra time or two. And Josh needs to be smart with the football too. He needs to, you know, make sure he's not taking big hits. You know, we've, you know, it it's, it's starting to get a little weird as far as the concussions and the roughing the passer calls. Like everyone's seen the Teddy Bridgewater video where it really doesn't look like he stumbles at all against the jets. And then he's getting taken out for the rest of the game, even though he passes all the tests and that's Miami's own fault. And they're the reason we're in this predicament. Um, but I mean, you've seen, you saw the Grady Jarrett play on Tom Brady and you saw the play last night by Chris Jones. Like it's, there's going to potentially be a call or two, especially in Arrowhead. That's going to go against you, you know, and it's going to be, how do you handle that adversity and come up, you know, bigger, but one thing I'm kind of looking for, and it's been a trend the last few times, the regular season, the bills have played. Um, in Kansas City, Sean McDermott is actually two and zero in the regular season coaching in Kansas City, and the endings of those games are both pretty similar. First time, first year. This is after the Nathan Peterman debacle. They go in, you know, Tyrod throws a touchdown to Zay Jones. Alex Smith is driving down the field. Tre'Davious White, rookie. Picks off Alex Smith, takes it all the way back down. The Bills kneel out and win. Last year in Kansas City, you know, Bills kind of had the game. Kansas City's driving. What happens? Rookie, Greg Russo, tips the ball, makes a big play, kind of changes the momentum. I'm looking for Kyer Elam in this game to step up and make a big play at some point. I don't know when it's going to be, but I think he's going to, especially after what happened to him in Pittsburgh, against Pittsburgh, I think he's coming back with a chip on his shoulder. I'm sure he was watching a lot of film. I'm sure Trey's been in his ear kind of helping him out with what techniques maybe he didn't do right or how he can, you know, perform better. And I think he's going to make a big play in this game um, to kind of end this game for the Bills and let them go away with a um, a pretty 
you know, dominant win. So I think, I think the bills are ready for it. I think now it's just going out there and doing it because Kansas City is a really good team. This good, we could be recording next week and it might not be the same tone, but um, I think we're both pretty, pretty confident based on how our team has been playing um, the last few weeks. They've shown the ability to come back now, even though Colin Coward says the Bills can't come back and Josh Allen can't come back, but that's besides the point. Um, but it's, it's going to be a good game. There's a lot of anticipation for it after last year's playoff game. Um, but like Josh has always been saying, you know, it's the biggest game because it's the next one. So um, hopefully they can um, go out there and come away with the W. But uh, who's a player that you're kind of keeping an eye on for this game? And what is your uh, score prediction? Um, let's see. Player for this week. Um Assuming Dawson Knox plays, I'd like to see a big game out of him, right? He's been a guy who's been kind of lacking in the big play department this um, this year up to this point. And we know, right, his uh, his counterpart on the other side of the field, um, Travis Kelsey, is, like you said, best of the best. So um, I'd like to see, right, Dawson kind of step up his game, assuming he plays, um, to be able to uh, kind of match the energy and, and the electricity that Travis Kelsey brings. Um, I think it'd be a nice way, right? He's been hurt. He's been battling through some things this season up to this point. So I think it'd be a nice way to kind of send him into the bye week of having a huge game and uh, right, being able to kind of build off of that momentum um, going into that bye week. Uh, score prediction. Let's go 38-27 Bills. I like it. I mentioned Kyer Elam to make a big play. The player I'm looking at is Devin Singletary. Um, I looked at what Josh Jacobs was able to do against Kansas City last night, running all over him. Um, Singletary still doesn't have a rushing touchdown on the year. Kind of look for him to get in the end zone. Um, he's been one of Josh's big check down guys when he needs to get out of trouble. Chris Jones, obviously, is still one of the better guys at getting the quarterback in the NFL. So let's see if Singletary can kind of – have a good game to compliment Gabe, Dave, and Diggs and those guys, um, and Dawson as well. Um, but I'm going to go uh, 38 to 24 Buffalo. Um, but yeah, I think this is this is definitely the game of the week. Everyone's going to kind of have their their eyes on this game. I think as far as the NFC right now, it's pretty clear that the Eagles are the best team in the NFC right now. The Rams continue to struggle. You know, the Cowboys and Giants look good, but you know, when it comes to playoff time, is Cooper Rush and Daniel Jones going to be able to carry you? I know they're getting Dak Prescott back shortly, but we'll see with them. Where in the AFC, it's kind of, you know, these are the two teams. And if Buffalo can go into Kansas City and handle them, I think they're kind of going to get some more looks around the NFL of, you know, this team isn't someone to be fucked with. Yeah, definitely. It's – uh what we thought was going to be a, a crowded race to the end um, isn't shaping up that, I mean, it's going to be crowded, but for, uh, for kind of the bottom part of the playoff race, it's uh, kind of lonely at the top right now. So we'll see, we'll see who can step up and uh, kind of as the season develops, but yeah, uh, not as, uh, not as tight of a race as I thought it was going to be at this point, but still lots of football left to be played. Um, but Good news is the Bills are on top where they belong. 
Yeah, and the Dolphins can enjoy their uh, week three Super Bowl while they're at it. Right, exactly. <laughs> um, but that's all the football talk we're going to have for today's show. But the Buffalo Sabres kick off the season Thursday night at home against the Ottawa Senators. It's finally good um, to have some hockey back to talk about. We finally have um, the roster. The young kids, J.J. Paterka, Jack Quinn, both making the roster. Really awesome to see that. Um, You know, we've seen a lot of different line combinations throughout the preseason, but um, it seems like it's going to be pretty concrete uh, going into this first game against Ottawa. So let's kind of take a look at, you know, the roster. Also, Kyle Laposo named captain. A uh, pretty cool moment for a guy that's obviously been through a lot since coming to the Sabres, the big marquee free agent, you know, six years ago. And, yeah. you know, just the coaching changes, the toxic environment. He's been a huge part of changing the culture. Gergensen's again an assistant. And Rasmus Dahlin getting the other A. So a young guy, um, you know, who's was is kind of new face of the franchise after Eichel left. The guy that was drafted number one overall. Um has a chance to kind of step up in the leadership role as well. But um, looking at the roster, I mean, it's it's very young. The Sabres have the youngest average age as far as the NHL is concerned with their roster. You look at the top, it's going to most likely, as far as the practice lines the last few days going against Ottawa, it seems like it's going to be Jeff Skinner with Tage Thompson and Victor Olofsson, Casey Middlestat centering Jack Quinn and Alex Tuck. And then you have Dylan Cousins with Peyton Krebs and J.J. Paterka. And then you have Rasmus Asplund centering Kyle Oposo and Zemgis Gergensons with Anders Bjork and Vinny Henestroza kind of rotating in as your extras. And then on defense, you have Matias Samuelson, Rasmus Dahlin, Owen Power, Henry Okiaru, and then Jacob Bryson with uh, Ilya Labushkin with Casey Fitzgerald as the extra, and then your two goalies are Eric Comrie and Craig Anderson with Riley Sheehan going to IR to start the season, and then they sent down Lawrence Pilot and Uka Pekalukkanen. So extremely young team. The two middle lines, I think, are super intriguing. Middle stat centering Quinn um, and Tuck, and then Cousins kind of centering the young guys of Krebs and Paterka. So looking at this team um, – you know, what are your expectations for this year? What are you looking forward to? You know, what are your thoughts maybe on Oposo being named captain? And then I kind of want to get into what player do you think has the most pressure this year, a player you're most excited to watch, and then one player you think is going to make a huge step for this team. Sure. So we'll start with, uh, right, reactions. It Like you said, it is a very young team. Uh, average age of 25, which is the youngest in the league, um, right? Which is good and bad, right? Not a lot of vet presence, not a lot of experience there as a whole. Of course, right? You've got Oposo and, and Tuck there, but um, right? There's not not a lot of that young, uh, older presence, but it's a good thing because the young talent is off the charts and it's only going to get better as we go through the lot um, through the years down the line. So um, lots to be excited for. I really do love the way these lines have been put together. I think it um, really, there's a lot of great complimenting points here, right? Like Casey Middlestat, 
I mentioned this last week when we started talking about it. Millsat and Tuck, I think, is a super intriguing combination along with Jack Quinn, right? You got the incredible talent and expectations from Jack Quinn combined with Alex Tuck, who's a vet, been around the league for a little bit, right? Pretty established in his game, how he plays, his, you know, newfound superstardom here in Buffalo. And he put him with Casey Middlestat, who's been in this organization for a while, has not really panned out to the level that they were hoping he would be when he, you know, came to this organization. Um, and I think being on a line with Tuck and Quinn is just going to help elevate his game or at the very least put some pressure on him to perform well. And, you know, I'm going to make him, you know, a player that I'm really going to keep a close eye on and, um, I'm ex um, I think right has the most pressure on him um, because like I said, he's not really panned out the way we wanted him to. Um, he's had some flashes, right? He's had a lot of bizarre teams that he's been a part of bizarre line combinations, but I think this year's got to be huge for him, right? He's got to prove that he deserves to be on this roster because as we've talked before, there's a lot of talent waiting in the wings to take his spot. So if, if he wants to be part of this team, he wants to be part of this roster and uh, what is being built here, he's got to show up and show out in this season. Um, I think there's a lot of pressure on him to do that. So I think putting him on a line, right, with the young buck and one of the vets on the team uh, is a great move to kind of sandwich, sandwich him in, in a good position there. So um, definitely looking forward to see that. Um a player I'm super excited to watch. Um, I think Rasmus Dahlin. I think he's been building and building um, kind of some disappointing seasons or parts of seasons leading up to this point of where we are. But I think Don Granado has gotten the best out of him that we've seen since Dahlin has been on, on this team. Um, I think he's only going to get better. I, I think he um, is one. I mean, he is one of the better players on this roster um and i think he deserves some respect and i think he's going to earn it this season um, i really think he's going to come out so I'm, I'm excited to watch to see how he plays how his game has continued to evolve um right be another year under granado in this system so i'm super excited to see um how he's progressing and, and what he can do and kind of what leadership he can bring um and uh, how he can help the squad as we go through the season. Uh, and then a breakout year. Ah, uh, man, I don't know. I mean, there's so many options here, right? You can go with a Tage Thompson, right? Which is the easy answer. Um, I think I want to go with Victor Olofsson. I think he's going to have a breakup year, right? Or breakout year. There's also a lot of pressure on him, right? There's... Um, was right hopes that he um, would be a face of this franchise moving forward. Right. He went through that goal offs phase a couple of years ago and then kind of sputtered out a little bit and there's back and forth. Is he worth keeping on this team? So I think it's time for him to kind of establish who he is as a hockey player, right? Who he, what he can mean to this team, to this roster and how can he, consistently right we need to find that consistency with Victor Olofsson how can he contribute consistency night in and night out for this squad and, and I think um, I think he's going to do just that 
right? Being with Tage and Jeff again, uh, Tage, who again, newfound superstardom, right? From last year, a guy who went from bottom of the pack that we were saying, get the, get rid of him, get him off this roster to now earning some big money, right? Rightfully being the first line center and Jeff Skinner, who, um, right. has been here for a while has paid his dues is a solid vet, um, Sticking with Olafson there again, like with Middlestat, is just another way of this team saying, hey, we believe in you. We want you here. Now it's time to back it up, right? You have to be consistent scoring, not just be a power play scorer, not just be right a special teams player. Like you have to consistently contribute for this squad. Um, so, and I think he's going to do just that. I think the line is set up for him to do that. Um, and, uh, I'm looking forward to see how he can contribute. Yeah, I agree with all the points you had. I think middle stat for me was also kind of the obvious for most pressure just because he hasn't lived up the expectations. There's a lot of centers, you know, waiting in the wings that can take his spot and they're giving him every opportunity, putting, you know, a goal scorer of Jack Quinn's caliber on one side and Alex Tuck, who's going to grind out for, pucks in the corner and give you as many opportunities as possible to capitalize. Um, and I think Rasmus Dahlin also has a little bit of that pressure now that he's an assistant captain. He's seen what the Kale McCars of the world are doing in the NHL now. And he's a, you know, number one pick, you know, defensemen take more time. And they've kind of said, you know, that fourth, fifth years kind of when they were hoping to maybe see that Victor Hedman type player. So it's a big year for him. But I think Tage Thompson, to me, has the most pressure, and I think it's more so just, like, contract. Like, you just got paid a lot of money off of one good year, and if he doesn't at least match what he did last year or come close, there's going to be some concern as far as, you know, you're paying Jeff Skinner a lot of money, and then you're going to be stuck with that Tage Thompson deal. But I think he's going to have a great year. I think he's going to continue and only go upwards, but – um, I think there's definitely got to be some pressure there for him. And I think he knows that and he's handled it well. I mean, he was great in the preseason. Um, so I'm not terribly worried about him. Breakout candidates, easy for me. It's a guy I've been talking about for the last two years. It's Dylan Cousins. Um, you know, he's getting an opportunity to kind of carry a line with two young guys in Paterka and, you know, Krebs. I think Krebs kind of complements. Uh, Cousins skill set from the standpoint of he's a pass first guy it's going to force Cousins to be more of a goal oriented player you know I think he had some bad luck last year because his shooting numbers and percentages were pretty high you saw what he went and did in the world championships for Canada scoring a lot of goals I thought he was arguably the best player in the Sabres preseason I thought he did a great job he scored a few goals um, was really sound for them and I just think that he's ready to make that next step. I mean, there's a reason why he was wearing an A during the preseason during some of those games, because they think he can be a future leader on this team. And I think he has a lot of potential. And it's a guy I've talked about that I think truly can break through and have 60 to 65 points um, for this team this year. And then the player I'm most excited about is one of the players that he's going to be skating with. And it's JJ Paterka. I think just between Michael Paco's comments of you know, being with him in Rochester, talking about him, how he's like a unicorn. He doesn't know how skilled he truly is. You know, I think as far as the preseason goes, you could definitely see that the first few games he was, you know, very much a deer in headlights. But as the preseason went on, 
Um, he definitely picked it up and he just kind of has like a gamer mentality about him. Like he hates losing. He's going to kind of be similar to tuck and that he's not wit or you're not scared to go in the corners and dig out pucks and try different things. And, you know, is going to be responsible um, for his mistakes. So I'm really, really excited that he's going to be up here and I'm glad that they're giving him the opportunity because you know, Vinny Henestrosa did have a really solid preseason. He scored a handful of goals, and there was some, you know, contemplating as far as, you know, were they going to maybe send Paterka down and keep Henestrosa in there because he had some good chemistry with Cousins last year as well. Um, but I do think it's good um, for his confidence just to kind of keep him up here um, and give him a chance to play with a guy like Cousins who maybe that line is going to be your future second line or just your third line for a long time and, they're going to put up a lot of goals and be a pain in the ass to play against. Um, so those are the kind of the three guys that um, I'm most forward to look, you know, watching this year and, you know, expectations wise, I, I just hope that when it gets to the last month or so of the season, the Sabres are within reach of, hey, if we put a few wins together here, we could take a wild card spot from one of these teams. I just don't want them to – they need to be like an 80, 85-90 point team. Like I think they need to make that next step. We've talked about it before. Like think back to last year with the goaltending injuries, you know, take some of those losses – cut it in half, add some points and just be a pain in the ass to play against, make it hard for when they come into Buffalo to earn two points, um, get as many one point games that you don't deserve to get as possible when you're getting outplayed by the Tampas and the Toronto's or sorry, never going to say Toronto. We killed it at least every time we play them, but the Panthers, the lightning, the penguins of the world, like, go into those games and on a night where you're getting outshot 38 to 12, you know, steal a point and go to overtime or steal two points and go win in a shootout. Like that's what you have to do to start winning. And with a super young group like this, um, I think it's very important to have a guy like Kyle Posto as your captain, who's been through it all. And, you know, he was just on, after the whistle with Craig Irvay and Andrew Peters yesterday. And he kind of talked about, you know, last year was last year. I've, he said, it's never been, you know, as great as it was how they ended and never just completely translates over to the next years. And other than maybe like your work ethic or getting the feeling of, you know, what it feels like to win some games. Now you have to put it together. And he talked about, you know, that adversity is going to hit and what are you going to do in response to that? And with a super young group, um, I think it's going to be important. And I, the biggest thing I'm really looking forward to for the season is this first month or so they don't have the hardest of schedules. Um, they go on their West coast trip really early, just like last year. And I think Buffalo has a good chance to start off the season with a winning record in their first 20 games or so. I think they, there's a legitimate chance when I was looking at their schedule earlier, like first 20 games or so, I don't think it's out of the question. They could, you know, be like 13 and seven or 14 and six. You just have to be a pain in the ass to play against. You have to go and, you know, Kevin Adams says it all the time. You have to go and earn it every single game, no nights off. Um, and we just want to be in a position so that next off season, we're going to be like Detroit and we're going to be like Ottawa 
and maybe we're adding the one superstar player or we're going to be the one that's making the jump to, you know, be a playoff team. But at the same time, I don't think that you're not that far off from being an Ottawa or Detroit. I, you could still finish ahead of both of them this year. It's just a matter of these young guys like Middlestack, Cousins, Krebs, you know, stepping up and then Paterka and Quinn giving you what they did um, to a certain extent, you know, in the, from the AHL last year. I'm not expecting either of them to come in and be 60, 70 point guys like they were in Rochester. But if Quinn can come in and give you 20 goals and Paterka gives you like 12 to 15 and gives you 20 assists or something, then um, I think that's a, a great year for this team as long as they stay competitive and we're not sitting in the lottery again next year. Yeah, I'd like to see this team kind of carry themselves as a winning team, right? Like last year was that weird, right? Like underdog, no one's going to take us serious. Let's just kind of get our way through the season, figure out what happens. But like, I think, I think it's time for them to come out, right, with some confidence and play not loose, but just play with that confidence of, we are a good team. Yes, we're young. Yes, we're still, right, like building to uh, earning respect around the league and finding that legitimate reputation. But just come out and, and, and have that confidence of we're going to win some games. We're going to be good. We have a lot of talent. We're going to score goals. We're going to, right, like play some of these good top-tier teams tough. Um and just kind of like walk that walk, right? Like that's what it comes down to. I think this season needs to be walking the walk. I don't expect them to make the playoffs. I think they'll be out of it probably a little bit uh, earlier than we want them to be. Um, but I think a lot of progress is going to be made this season. I think it's only going to be another stepping stone into getting back to the playoffs, right? I think, I think next year's when you make a playoff run. I think this year is still – figure out how you play together, figure out what pieces you have, um, right? There's still, like I said, there's still guys in the wings in Rochester that are going to be added to this roster next year. Um, but I think this is when you need to find that confidence. You need to figure out who's still going to be on this roster, who wants to be part of this, who wants to see this thing through, right? Is Casey Middlestat still, Casey Middlestat still going to be here? Is Victor Olofsson still going to be here? Um, I think that's what the season is for, Um and then next year is going to be playoffs, but um, there's no reason you can't put on a show every night, entertain your fans, right? Gain their respect, gain their trust back. I really would. I really want to see some full arenas um, when they play at home this year. It, it's it's super demoralizing when you have a half empty state uh, arena or even like a, a, an arena that's a third of the way full. So I'd like to see them start to kind of earn the fans trust and, and earn some, not sellouts, but close to sellouts, right? Like let's continue to get the excitement for Buffalo Sabres hockey back in the city. Um, so, and, and the way you do that is you start hot. Like you said, Nick, right. This first stretch of the season, um, you win those games, you, you play tough, you play gutsy and around Thanksgiving, maybe you have people, you know, clamoring to get a ticket to the, to see the Sabres. Well, and looking at the beginning of their schedule, you're talking about in their first 20 games, as far as 
looking why I said they should be able to maybe get four, be like 14 and six. You have Ottawa twice. So those are, you know, those are games you really need to win because they're in your division. They're a team that has a lot of offseason hype, but it's, you know, it's only good on pay. It's right now, it's only as good as it looks on paper. They haven't proven it yet. You face Seattle, who's obviously a, a very not good team. They're still trying to, you know, get through the expansion, you know, start to get some of their younger players going. You have Montreal, who is going to be pro- twice in the first 20 games. They're probably going to be one of, if not the worst, three teams in the NHL, but still can probably be a little harder to play against because of the division thing. Um, you have Detroit, who's another team that we were talking about. Arizona, they stink. You have Vancouver a few times. They're kind of a borderline playoff team. And then early on in the year at home, you have Florida the second game of the season. You have Chicago as well. That's another awful team. You have Pittsburgh at home. Like that's always a fun game for people to go to. You have Jack coming back on the 10th after last year's comments. I'm going to be at that game followed by the Bruins coming into your building on Saturday. So like there's some games to be had as far as you're facing some of the bottom tier NHL teams where you need when the Sabres are trying to make that next step of being a good team, you have to put away the Chicago's, the Arizona's of the world and Montreal's and just bury them. And then when you have big moments like Boston and Pittsburgh and Vegas and Florida to that matter, or Detroit or Ottawa coming into your building, you know, give the fans a show, you know, go beat a team like you did Toronto, go beat Vegas five to one when Jack comes back and rub it in their face you know, if you do lose a game to a, a Florida or a Boston, lose 6-5 in overtime or something. Like, get grind out a point, but still make it a fun atmosphere for the fans to be at. And, you know, you have to take – if you want any chance of being in that playoff conversation, they have to take advantage of this early, somewhat easy schedule because there's a few months later in the season where they're just going through a gauntlet of really good teams. So – um, but it, it's a big opportunity, Vegas, Pittsburgh, Florida, those guys at home, and then Ottawa and Detroit, who has been kind of the comparison of the, you know, those two and the Sabres are kind of in that same tier of young, up and coming, have a chance in a few years to make the playoffs, like go out and prove that you're already make, ready to make that next step instead of them. So um, it's exciting. You know, the bills are awesome. Sabres have a really good young core. They're exciting to watch. You know, they were really good in the preseason outside of like their last game they played. But I mean, most of their starters weren't even playing in that game. Um, So it's exciting time. I'm super excited to be able to sit down and watch that game Thursday, because if you would rather watch the Washington football team for the first, the Chicago bears Thursday night, by all means do that. But I'll be sitting my ass on the couch watching the Sabres first Senators. But uh, we appreciate everyone for tuning in. As always, we'll be back next week following the Kansas City Bills game. We're going to break that down. Um, Then the Bills will be going into the bye week. So we'll kind of have a chance to talk about the early part of the season, where we think the Bills need to adjust and things of that nature. And then by that point, the Sabres have had a few games in the books as well. So we'll get to talk about how they look in their first few games. Um, some of the players standing out or maybe some things to be concerned about, but uh, we appreciate everyone as always, please give us a follow on Instagram at the Buffalo oil podcast to be greatly, greatly appreciated. We appreciate 
all the support. Um, this has been the Buffalo Loyal Podcast, Buffalo's favorite sports channel. Diggs. No one circles the wagon like the Buffalo Bills.